Back Judge Podcast. It's what August twenty first. Yep. Man, we're we're almost there. I was like looking at the calendar. I'm on vacation a little bit next week through next weekend. After that, college football. Where are you going, man? In a, New Jersey, baby. Okay. Seeing, uh, seeing the fam. Um, good for you, man. So. Uh, flying into Newark. Yep. Unfortunately. Yeah. But you know, that's like that place. They're international waters, man. It's no. Uh, no laws in Newark. No laws in Newark is right. Um, um, but yeah, but, it, but hey, we're right here, baby. The college football season. First week of college football, right, is the first? First and second? Well, yeah. Well, it's kind of confusing because there's week zero, um, mm. which was a week from yesterday. Um, and even being the college football nerd that I am, the only real week zero game, and I might be giving myself away as, a, as a, not as much of a diehard as maybe some of our listeners <laughs> believe but Think, the yeah. only real week zero game that i'm interested in on that saturday next saturday is the northwestern nebraska game in ireland mm. um that one i'll definitely be tuned in for but the rest of them kind of hit or miss but then that next thursday there's some really good games there's some really good games a week from this thursday most notably for me west virginia Pitt, uh the, the backyard brawl at heinz field um and that's, that, a, that's that one's a big one a for the for the over right big one for the over um, I'll probably be taking West Virginia Moneyline. Um, I'm seeing it at like plus 250, plus 260. So I'll be doing that. I already, I already took the seven points with the Mountaineers. So I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be a Mountaineer next Thursday. Interesting. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that. And there's some other really good games too. Uh, so that should be a lot of fun. Uh, before we get into the football, I wanted to get Lee's perspective on a, you know, sometimes we, we like to talk about current events on the podcast. Mm-hmm. There was, I was reading this article about how HBO Max like deleted a bunch of shows off of its, off yeah. of its platform, just like gone. And then um, there was also some stuff when Stranger Things came out that like they were, when fans were like finding issues with the show or like little loopholes, they were going back and like stealth editing the show to like clean up the the loopholes apparently there was like one day of the there was like a day of the show where it was it previously had been a character's birthday but they were doing something else and no one referenced the character's birthday so they like went back and like changed what day it was or something like that without really like telling anybody yeah um and i said paradoxically this could create a use case once again for for dvds yeah and i was thinking too like as you know as digital content content creators that we are you know like thinking about in the future do i do i want something if you're going to make a show say right would you want something in your contract that said you have to release this on dvd as well just so that it exists somewhere because the creator of the i don't remember what the show was called like train something tommy do you know what i'm talking about on hbo max train something was there was some show on hbo max that was like pretty popular and they like deleted it. I'm not really sure what the reasoning is, like why they just removed it from the platform rather than like I not saw, renewing I saw, it. I saw the Stranger Things one, but I yeah. Might... Well, the the one on HBO Max, the creator like tweeted out. He was just like, "There's no other way to watch this show now other than like pirating it." Yeah, that's a major problem. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Too. I'm also a traditionalist. You know, there's nothing I like more than getting a two dollar DVD at a thrift store, or you know. Uh, a co-signment shop, right? So another thing I want to say is 
this is this is this is a thing where we can take the, the conversation a level further, and we're talking about burning books, right? So shows that aren't there's no physical copy of the show. They the, the government could could end up deleting certain things from the internet, and they never exist again unless, like you said, Adam, you pirate them. But there could be ways they could delete the ability to pirate things, and then they're just gone forever. That's a scary thing to me. Where well, and also, I think it's worth mentioning that um, I think I agree. I think when we were talking with this with our friend Robbie, who uh, Adam, you met on the Fourth of July uh, bonanza, but he was talking about the the efficacy of having you know hardware, of having a hard copy of movies in yeah. particular. And I mean, I'm just thinking of it too now, where I mean, they don't make no one has DVD players anymore. I watch DVDs through my PlayStation, through my gaming station. Now, how much longer? Are discs going to be around? I, I have a hard time seeing them being around in the future. It's all just going to be in the near yeah. future, really. In the near future, because the Mac, we, there's no discs in computers anymore. The only real place where you can put a disc in is on a video game console. And um, the next generation might not have that. Yeah, what, what about though, like maybe creating a way for people to download the files themselves onto hard drives? Well, I, I think like that's and that's, the alternative. Well, we have friends. Our friend Andy has uh, movie hard drives. A lot of people have hard drives of movies, which yes, I believe is the alternative. library basically. But yeah. there's also and, and if you're this isn't for anybody, everybody, but if you're a, a film nerd or a, a, if you even you don't even have to be a film nerd if your favorite movie is Dodgeball and you have the DVD copy of Dodgeball. There's so many cool features on the yep. DVD that, you know, maybe now is there's like... There's alternate ending. Yeah, there's alternate endings. There's behind the scenes. There's director's commentary. Yep. There is just a whole rabbit hole that you can go down now that I think has probably been replaced by, I guess, YouTube now. Like, they, like they'll, they'll release, like, content pieces when a new movie is coming out about, you know. But, and you know what also is another great thing, too, that, that people don't do anymore? And I think if I ever get around to making a feature film... Bloopers in the credits. <laughs> Bloopers are great, man. <laughs> even if even if it's a serious movie, it's like once the credits are rolling and, and the the facade is over, the magic trick is over. It's good to show some bloopers and show that everyone was having fun making the movie. You know, even if it's a. I disagree with that. If it's a serious movie, but I do like the blooper feature, and and it's all we're, we can get back to to ball soon. But I, it's all straying away from like when they made those DVDs and there was all the features. It's like, cause it was like a piece of work. It was like this physical piece of work yeah. that you could sell to some, it's becoming less and less of that in the marketplace where it's even, now just Even going back to when Game of Thrones came out in that final season and they had like the Starbucks cup, right? And they yeah. went back and like took it away. It's like, those are mistakes I feel like that are happening because people know they can just go in and stealth edit it. Or like yeah. even like in the journalism industry, you see it like with web posts. Yeah, right? people can just go in and you know back in the day when all it was was ink on paper, you couldn't be wrong. Yeah, because you you if you printed something that was wrong, it was there forever. It was probably better right. that way too. You got to be held accountable. Yes. for you mm -hmm. can't be you know. I, I, I guarantee your... you that PA on Game of Thrones got reamed out. Or whoever was it, someone's that's someone's job. I know, I know, Lee knows too. We're in the industry. They, they you know. There's there's a chain of command, much like a football coach and staff there, where someone on the lower end of the chain of command didn't notice. I don't know if it's a script supervisor. It's someone who needs to notice the, the coffee cup. Yeah, but there. there's like there's like ten people on set, man. 
I'm just saying, like, you know, yeah. it's, it, but, but the, the fact of like going back and getting rid of it, whereas like if that was in, in theaters already, I think the stealth editing, the Starbucks cup is going to be in there the, the whole run. I really don't like the Stranger Things stealth editing thing. That's Stranger um, Things sucks, man. All right. I'm tired of the, the Stranger Things never should have made a second season. It should have been over after the first season. That's what I think. And I knew they were going to drag it out for like, it's like they're, they're dragging it out. This is what they do with shows now. They're, they're three seasons too long, you know, because it's a cash cow. I have a problem with that. I don't care about 11. You know what I'm saying? Just, just like how we don't like that 17th game in the NFL. Exactly. Exactly. We, call, we, we stay, we stay logically consistent. Across, dark side, dark side across, of capitalism, man. Across all platforms. Um, we can get to some football. I just thought that was an interesting, uh, Great, it. it was a great tweet. Everyone go you know. follow Adam X Klepp on uh, Twitter. Um, preseason football in full swing. Um, I'll start it off, but I watched the I watched the whole Lions game uh, against the Colts. Most of the second stringers played, um, but wanted to give. A, I'll, I'll do. We're not going to do a full baller faller holler, but I'll holler at the uh, Lions second string O line. Dominated, mm. dominated. Uh, the point of attack. Lions were run, running the ball all day. Um, especially in the first half. The uh, run defense as well was really good. The Lions gave up 30 yards rushing and then gave up 275 yards through the air. Um, Secondary is pretty brutal. It was most of the second stringers. Okuda played like the first two drives. Um, He showed well outside of that. Secondary uh, was really, really bad. So uh, that's a concern for the Lions. Their, Their depth secondary came out with the win, though. Almost lost it again on a last second touchdown heave. But uh, held firm for the two-point conversion. First uh, preseason win of the Dan Campbell era. I think it was like the Lions' first preseason win in like three three years. Mm. Um, so, um, but a lot of preseason football. Not a lot of starters playing this week. I feel like teams are just taking the third game and making it the third game and just not doing the fourth one. Mm-hmm. I guess if, if that makes sense to, to you guys. Um but a, a couple interesting uh, games out the games out there. You guys, what you guys said you watched the. Um, Tennessee, we watched Tennessee. a little bit of Tennessee. We were at mercy of the NFL Network, yeah. whatever they had. Yeah. So we watched a little bit of the Tennessee-Tampa Malik game. Willis is who I feel like we I thought he was. Yeah, he absolutely like, is. I mean, he, he is he is allergic to playing within structure. He, he yeah. Multiple times in that game, and I wasn't even watching super intently, but he has a clean pocket and he, and he runs out because he wants to make some, like, liberty play. And it's like you're not going to be able to make liberty plays in the NFL. You have to be able to play from the pocket. And Traylon Burks, the one yeah, they ended up scoring a touchdown yeah, on. Yeah. Um, in the NFL, I mean, he had he had Burks crossing his face yeah. in a clean pocket, wide open. Burks probably would he he had nothing but grass in front of him. Probably would have scored on a shallow cross like a five. Sure, yard would have gotten the first down though. And and, the and Willis just sits there and takes like three more seconds to throw, and then makes a pretty nice completion to the other side of the field. But it's like, dude, like. Just take what the defense is giving you. Um, I think he's got like obviously he's got potential, he's got tools, but I just I just think it's really hard to fix that part of a quarterback's brain if you're not doing it. If you've been doing it your whole career and getting away with it, it's a similar thing with Zach Wilson. Honestly, it's really hard to be able to make throws from the pocket consistently and just change your style of play completely. So I would be a little concerned about that. No one really stood out to me in that game. I thought Hassan Haskins ran with a little bit of pop. Um, obviously, he's not a burner, but he's like a good, just a solid running back. I think he's going to be a good complimentary well, I, piece. I didn't know, you know a holler from the, the Lions Titans. game, too. Um, EJ Speed 
He's a linebacker for the Colts. He's like 6'4", 225. Yeah. He played quarterback at some really small college in, in Texas. And the, the Colts, for three years, have been converting him to a linebacker. He made some nice plays. Wow, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, on the offensive side of the ball for the Titans, Kyle Phillips, just looking like he's going to win that slot job. I had to holler him out. It was a guy that I, I really enjoyed throughout the, the pre-draft season. And then on defense, taking it back to last year, man, I thought Caleb Farley was was impressive. Um, he obviously was going up uh, against the likes of Jalen Darden, who which is a matchup he probably should be winning, but um, kind of reminded I mean, he's just a physically in, in imposing force, and he's an athlete, and he's big, and um, he, he showed out in the limited snaps that he got uh, against the Bucks. So I wanted to shout out Caleb Farley. Let's hope that he can stay healthy um, for the Tennessee Titans this year. And give it a holler to uh, George Karloftis, too. I, I wasn't able to watch him play, but I saw some of the replays, and he uh, continues to have a really just a great motor, playing really hard, and he looks like a guy who will probably be getting some meaningful playing time for the Chiefs this year um, yep. on the D-line. Sam Howell, too, I want to say. He, he, I mean, obviously he's going up against the threes, but uh, made some nice throws and showed some athleticism, extending plays, and I, uh, I'm expecting Sam Howell to get some play in the regular season this year for the, uh, the commanders, so watch out for that. Matt Corral, too, out for the season. Yep. That's uh, unfortunate. In, in Carolina. Um, Roquan Smith also is back at camp. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Seems Probably. like he's, he's going to yeah. play the season and then be gone. Probably smart. Probably smart, yep. Yeah, um, I mean, I, actually, yeah. I just want to say, um, I know this is probably like a, a popular take, but I think the Bears should trade Roquan Smith. Yeah. I would maybe agree. Um, I don't necessarily agree. Uh, it depends on like how much money he like definitely wants, right? Like uh, you have to assume that he wants to set the linebacker market, right? He wants he wants twenty plus million a year. Yeah. Um, I think it's tough to sink that type of resources into an off the ball linebacker going into a rebuild. Um, but at the same time, like. At the same time, you it's like need those, you have nobody else on your team that's like proven at all. And it's like you want your identity to be defense. You drafted def- defensive players in the first two rounds of the yeah. draft, even though you have no skill players on offense. And this guy is a top five linebacker in the NFL, and he's twenty four years old. Like, I think at a yeah. certain point, you kind of have to admit, like, hey, I mean, if you don't want to pay a guy, like, you hit on the pick. You hit yeah. on the pick. Roquan Smith is worth the pick. He's a really, really good linebacker. If you don't want to pay a, a guy, then don't pick him. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, defense, yeah, I think that's interesting, identity. Tommy. I think it kind of goes to our point, too, when we talk about, like, what players you draft in the first round, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when yep. we're talking about Hawkinson, yep. where it's like you're paying over market for a tight end, and then you're going to have to pay it over again for the for the contract. Yep. Yeah, no, I think it's an interesting point. I. And, you know, I think I agree with... Although, Lee, I would say the only thing is, like, it's a different regime, right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're yeah, sure. To pick them. And I think it also depends on what you can get. Like, hey, if you can... I saw the, the Steelers, the, the Philip, Filipini rumors or whatever, where it's like, you're going to trade Roquan and a six-round pick for Devin Bush, Chase Claypool, and a second-rounder. Like, I'd probably take that if I were the Bears. Um, yeah. Like, that's, that's a pretty good trade. You help out Fields a little bit. You get Devin Bush, who has not been great since his rookie year, but... He was a top ten pick in his own right, and he's young, and he could, with maybe with a change of, of scenery, he could, you know, he's not going to be Roquan, but he could be a good player for your defense, and you get a pick. Like I would do that, but outside of that, it's like just 
just build the defense, continue to build the defense, and he probably deserves that money, to be honest. So it's not like these guys are going to start to get paid, get paid any less. Um, that's how I feel. Any other uh, preseason? Oh, shout nuggets? out uh, Devontae Turpin, Cowboys. Yeah. Or number two, man. He's going to make two, the team. Two return TDs? Yeah, two return TDs. And uh, obviously, I don't think any of us were big into the USFL, but was a, a game a game breaker there and seems to be picking up where he left off as a versatile uh, weapon. And, I mean, I mean, the Cowboys can use a guy like him, especially in special teams. But, I mean, this is a, a pretty thin receiving core. You're going to be looking on the likes of uh, Jalen Tolbert, who I have really high expectations for. But, you know, Simi Fihoko from Stanford last year and uh, – you know, who else? Noah Brown. I mean, they, they're going to need some, some tertiary guys to step up, and he could be a nice little gadget piece. Are the Cowboys back from Oxnard? Um, I don't think so. Could, I could be wrong. Man. The fandom is waning. <laughs> you coming over to the Lions? I'm, I'm coming over to the Rob Lowe NFL Shield. Uh, <laughs> wearing, the, wearing the black NFL hat in the stands. Um, but, hey, I could be, you know... If, if I get a Dan Campbell recruiting trip, man, it might be over. Um, let's uh, let's revisit some some conversations we had uh, in the division previews. All the division previews are out. Um, uh, all all eight divisions like and stacked, stacked and ranked and analyzed. Always always a fun time of year for for the for the BJP to go through those divisions. Talk talk each team. You know, each each fan gets an inside look at what we think of their team. Pretty pretty nice of us to do. Um, definitely, uh, some interesting conversations came from that. We kind of wanted to to go back and, and take a look. Maybe we can each pick a team to to bring back, and have a sure. discussion about in each conference. Maybe oh. no, just just each <laughs> eight teams. <laughs> we'll each bring back a team, and then maybe we can decide on a group one. All right. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll bring back I'll bring back the uh, the, the Broncos, um, and then I kind of wanted to bring up something that was interesting. I felt like that uh, I was listening to the John Middlecoff Three and Out podcast. Sometimes I like to check in with with Middlecoff, see what see what's on his mind. Yes, sir. And he he was talking about Russell Wilson, and um, just like what he was thinking about in terms of like what Russell wants to be as a quarterback, he was kind of saying, which I kind of agree with too, just with the way Russell's been playing is that he's trying to be um, kind of like a, a more of a pocket quarterback, um, obviously use his, his legs to create, but then not necessarily, you know, run as much um, using the legs to create more opportunities in the passing game. Um, but he's, you know, he's going to Denver um, he was talking about how like one of the, this was in a Peter King article, I guess is like one of the reasons the divorce came in Seattle was because when uh, Seattle's offense was going through some issues, either it was last year or the year before, Russell kind of brought some ideas, I guess, on how to like fix the offense. And apparently they weren't really respected by the coaching staff. Um, so I think he wants to be a bigger part of, of you know, the game plan, um, what plays he likes, what plays he doesn't, um, making adjustments at halftime or in season and, and all that kind of stuff. I guess like my one of the interesting things he talked about was that like he definitely thought that like Pete Carroll is a better coach than Nathaniel Hackett which like I feel like at this point is obvious because Nathaniel Hackett's a first-year coach but he was kind of talking about that it's definitely like a coach downgrade especially for this year and it might just be like a coach downgrade um, overall and then um, 
I don't know. Again, like too, like I just don't. When we like look back at this roster, um, I still like think there's issues with it. Uh, obviously, too, Tim Patrick going down for the year is is tough for them as well. Um, so I guess I just wanted to revisit the. Also, Albert O was playing into the fourth quarter, um, so maybe Greg Dulich, Dulcich, man, come on, Dulcich, um, is is the uh, is the presumptive number one tight end. I don't know, um, Lee. Are you still like as high on this team as you were when we previewed them? Or yeah, I absolutely yeah, okay. am. I mean, I'm not really worried about Albert O playing into the fourth quarter. I think their tight end room is really deep. I'm not. I'm not super concerned about it. I think he's the best one. I think Dulcich will get play, but I, I, I think both those guys are pretty good. Um, I still think that I'm not super worried about the receiver room either. Obviously, the Patrick injury sucks, but at the end of the day, he was your number three guy, and I do think that uh, obviously the quarterback play is going to. I just think that for me, without I don't want to make this more difficult than it needs to be. It's like this Broncos team, in my opinion, was good and has been yeah. good with Drew Locke as their quarterback, right? Like. Cortland Sutton was making plays. Jerry Judy has underperformed, but he's still a really good player. Their offensive line is good. They've got a good stable of running backs. And their defense has been kind of the, the centerpiece of their team. The Broncos' defense has been, and I know obviously there's the whole Fangio thing, and he probably helped that, but still, it's like you've got really good players on this defense. Bradley Chubb's a really good player. Pat Sertain's a really good player. Uh, uh, Justin Simmons is a really good player. They have good players all over this defense. And now you plug in a Hall of Fame quarterback who, yeah, the, it's not a coaching upgrade. Who would be a coaching upgrade from Pete Carroll? Probably like five or six guys. I don't know. Pete Carroll's a great coach. He's, he's a Hall of Famer in his own right. Um, I think for a counter-argument, maybe Russell needed to change his scenery. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett's a little bit younger. He's a little bit more like – it's just a different coaching style. It's like I feel like Russell Wilson's more so a part of building something in Denver. He already built something in Seattle. Like that time – was over. He brought his ideas to the table. Like you said, they weren't received the way I'm not surprised they weren't received that way for as uh, understanding and human as Pete Carroll is there. They've been very hard headed the way they run their offense for a while. The analytics community likes to rag on the Seahawks for, for that reason. I think the change of scenery is going to be great for Russell Wilson. I think Cortland Sutton's going to be better for it. I think Jerry Judy's going to be better for it. KJ Hamler coming back from injury. Hopefully he'll be healthy for week one. He'll be better for it. And this defense is only going to up their level of play when the offense is reciprocating it because this defense has been bogged down by having the likes of Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater who are below replacement level quarterbacks as your starting quarterback for the last five years or four years. And it's just it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, Tommy Totals, what are, do you know what their win total is? I believe it's – I don't have anything up right it's now. I 10. believe it's 10. Is it 10? It's oh, 10. Was, was it's, it all 10 and a half for all three? It was 10 and a half. It's been bet down to 10. I think the yeah. over is minus 120 at 10. Should we, should we run through their schedule? Sure. Yeah, let's run through the schedule. Um, I also – I mean, yeah, I just kind of wanted to back lay up, and I, I just wanted to make a point too because, Clep, you brought up how Seattle wasn't as receptive to um, Russell Wilson's input on the offense, and I – do know that with Nathaniel Hackett, that certainly is not going to be the case. That whether or not he's a good coach or not remains to be seen. But Russell Wilson's fingerprints are going to be all over this offense. Nathaniel Hackett is going to be a very uh, collaborative coach, and I, I just think I just tend to agree with Lee, where it's like there's just so many pieces, and I think that, I think Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson would have to really let this team down for it to not be a competitive team this year. Um, Clep, I know you weren't the biggest KJ Hamler fan, and I'm not, you know, saying that he's some special player, but like 
KJ Hamler is your third receiver who runs a 4-3, and just, like, even him as a deep threat, like, defenses are going to have to respect that. And then you have Sutton and Judy, like, obviously losing to Patrick sucks, but we talked about the receiver depth uh, with, the, uh, with this team when we went over them in the division preview. So I'm still pretty high on the Broncos, too. Obviously, I've kind of copped myself out of the, uh, the three teams in this division, but... Um, I expect the Broncos to be in the playoff mix for sure. Also, one last quick thing before we go into the schedule. The whole Albert O playing into the fourth quarter thing, I just like don't even really care. Yeah, I agree. Because I've seen Albert O play f- regular season football and be like pretty damn good. Yeah. And he's getting a quarterback upgrade. I'm not super concerned about like – I don't think he forgot how to play football. Like I think Albert O is going to be the starting tight end and he's going to be making plays this year. Like he's going to be a good player because he's a good player. I'll be very surprised if Albert O is just like not good all of a sudden. I think he's good. Um, so – I think Hackett, he's, he talked about that. He said, we just really wanted to see more of him. We like all of our tight ends, and we just want to see them in live action. Um, so I don't want to read into that too much. Obviously, it's not ideal. You don't want a starting guy playing in the fourth quarter. But I don't, I, I don't think there's that much more than, than meets the eye to it. Just from a glance at the schedule, man, it's, it's like, man, comparing this to like what the Chiefs are doing, it's crazy. Yeah. Ugh. Um, all right, 49ers at Broncos. We're skipping to week three. <laughs> Oh, shoot. My bad. Well, we're starting out in Seattle on Monday night. I forgot. Night, I forgot. The, 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 the play of the year. The play of the year <laughs> at minus four and a half. Russell Wilson going back into Seattle. I mean, enough said. Mr. Unlimited. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Unlimited. Yeah, then, I like the Broncos. Then the Texans come to town. Who I like the Broncos. Then the 49ers come to Denver, which is probably your first real test of the season. I still think the Broncos will be a three-point favorite, maybe more. Um mm. That, to me, is a game you, the Broncos should win. I, I would agree. Trey Lance's third game as a starting quarterback. Yeah. I don't know what type of defenses he's going to be playing before that, but going to Denver and playing the Broncos is yeah, not going to be. Yeah, they open up against the Bears. I don't know if they play week two. But I yeah. feel like the, the other thing, don't you think, though, the Niners with D'Amico Ryans, Kyle Shanahan, have the coaching advantage there? Yes, yes they absolutely yes. do. So, I think those are two very good teams. That is a great matchup. That'll be a really fun game. That'll be a fun game. Then day you have, after Lee's birthday. Then you have a little three-game stretch here. Is that that's the Sunday night game? Okay, look you're at that. A, that's a good Sunday night game. Niners Broncos Sunday night. That's a good Sunday night game. That is well, a great Sunday. Prime time, man. It's yeah. prime time. Then you got a little three-game stretch here where you're at Vegas, which is division. This so is it's a tough. tough. This is a tough four. Then the Colts come. To, then the Colts come to town. Then you go to LA to play the Chargers. That's a tough. Four game stretch with the Niners, Raiders, Colts, Chargers. I think you can go two and two. If you can go two and two, that's so. So, so we got them at four and two. Four and two, and the Jets are coming. Then the Jets down. come to Denver in October. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give the Broncos a win there. Then you go to Jacksonville or London. no? This is in London. London. So it's not even really on the road, even though I guess the Jags yeah. are the They're London. Both, they the both London have Jaguars. a disadvantage. Six and two, the way I'm seeing. Yeah. It. I like the Jags to be frisky, but again, I agree. Then you go to Tennessee and play the Titans. Then the Raiders come to town. One and one. Let's say one and one. So seven and three. Then you go to Carolina and play the Panthers. You will be favored in that game. By this time in the season, Matt Rule may or may not be the head coach from where I'm sitting. I'll give him eight and three. You lose to Denver. Or sorry, you lose to Baltimore in Baltimore. I guess this is this is where it gets tough, right? The last six are mm-hmm. crazy. the last six are tough. But if you've got eight wins here and you've yeah. got six games left, you're telling me they can't go two and four? If they go one and five, they'll have nine wins. I mean, and and also too, I think it's worth mentioning if they are eight and three at this point, like 
all these teams are going to have the Broncos on their schedule, and the Broncos probably won't be less than a three-point dog in any of these games. And also, like I like Herbert. You know, I'm obviously not as high on the Chargers as you guys. January 8th in Denver. That's where that game is. The Chiefs are coming to Denver. So you're getting these division games. The Cardinals are coming to Denver, yep. right? Mm-hmm. You go to L.A. and play the Rams, and then you go – that Chiefs game is really tough. But to me, I think they can go 3-3 three and three or – or uh, or two and four, and they'll still end up winning nine or ten games. And if the Broncos, if we 11, ten or eleven, ten or eleven games, I mean, yeah, I think it's interesting. I feel like they, I like they have to, they have to take care of business early in the season. I like the they way do. the schedule starts for them. I like the way I think the Denver Broncos in the Indianapolis Colts game on October sixth. That could be a, a matchup of two teams that are undefeated or have one loss. Mm-hmm. That could be a fun matchup. Because if the Broncos win in prime time against the Niners and they're 3-0, and assuming they beat the Seahawks and the Texans, there are Raiders win away from being undefeated and playing the Colts, who will have played the Chiefs and Titans the preceding week. So who knows where they'll be at. I don't like to get too deep into the schedule. But to me, man, this schedule is, is not – it's tough. But the, the, this Broncos team overmatches this schedule in my opinion. I don't think that this is an eight-win schedule. I think that to me, this is a 9, 10, 11 win schedule. If this team is as meeting their ceiling and Russell Wilson's playing at an MVP level, this is a 12, 13 win schedule. Yeah, I agree. Is there a, a team either of you guys would like to bring to the bring forward for, for rediscussion? Um, do you have a team in mind? I mean, I do want to make an addendum. With Deshaun Watson being out 11 games, I'm going to bump the Browns down to third place. I had them in second. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's too little too late. And they're not looking to get another quarterback. I just don't think Brissett is going to be able to outmatch whatever the Bengals are doing. Yeah. Should, we run, should we run through the first 11 for the Browns? Yeah, we can run through the first 11. Panthers. at Pan- That's an interesting game, too. That's a fun 1 o'clock game. That yeah. is. Put up, put up in one corner of the of the screen. Probably two teams that you won't care about come like week ten, but if we were week one, it's a fun little story. Yep. I'm taking, I, we, I'm we've gone over this, I guess. Their 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 first six are easy ish. Yeah. yeah. Well yeah, weighted. Weighted their first six games are easy. Their first four is like you, yeah, you're playing three case. teams that have a, yeah. a win total of five and a half or less <laughs> and the Steelers in Cleveland. Yeah. Um I don't. I, I'm gonna pick the Panthers week one. Yeah, it's probably two and two. I think it's two and two. Okay. I think it's two and two. I, I can't. I don't know. Man. I think Jacoby Brissett is bad. I think he's yeah. Bad, he's dude. like fine. I think the running game though is like really good. Yeah. The running game's really good, yeah. but it's like, bro, you you better not go down. You better not be losing in a game because yeah. he's not gonna. You're not gonna come from behind yeah. and win. Yeah. You need to come out of the gates winning. I think Baker's going to be fired. I think everyone's going to yeah. be talking about the Panthers after they win. They're going to beat the Browns week one, and everyone's going to talk about how great Baker is, and then they're just going to completely nosedive. Yeah. That's interesting. I just, yeah, my just gut reaction is a uh, huge coaching advantage with Cleveland, huge roster advantage. I'll give a quarterback advantage to Carolina, but Lee makes a good point. Like, if they just don't go down in this game, like, I think Baker's going to struggle against this Cleveland defense, man. But, uh, again, like, I should give Baker some credit for, like, he's going to be motivated as all heck. It's going to be shades of, of OU Kansas. That's going to be the same energy that, that Baker probably is going to have on the sidelines. So. Bro, this schedule is difficult. Yeah, it is. Chargers, 
Patriots, Ravens, Bengals, Bengals. Dolphins, Bills, Buccaneers, and then you get the Texans. Is that week 11? That's, that's yeah. week 11. Wow. So Deshaun comes back against the Texans. That's just huge coincidence. I don't like them in any of those games after the Falcons. After where? The, 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 the Falcons. Dolphins? After the Falcons. I don't. They're like going to the be an underdog in every single game. I'm continuing just doubling down on my uh, Dolphins. I just, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't think you go into Miami with Jacoby Brissett as your quarterback. I, I take the Dolphins a little too seriously for that to be. Yeah. I just don't think that you can win. So what's the Browns' win total right now? Seven and a half? Does anyone know what it reopened at? It's too little too late. I can check what their win total is. But this is, I'm coming to a stark conclusion about, like, they... This team, this might be a crazy thing to say. I think you maybe even get to a point where it's like, what's the point of playing Deshaun if you're if you're two and nine? Yeah, I guess the point is that he would go from like not playing football for three years. Yeah, you got to shake. Also, you're, you're also paying him fifty million dollars. Like he, she's gonna, you got to play him. As far as I can see, okay, there it is. It's eight and a half. The under is minus one forty. You can get minus one thirty on nine and a half. That doesn't make sense. That has to be old. That's old. You're looking at you're looking at a dollar forty on under eight and a half. And I don't really know how interested I am in that because I do think once Deshaun is back, I don't know. I just they do play like the in Pittsburgh, home to the Saints, home to the Ravens at Cincy. Like they could be two and four with Deshaun. I think the season's a wash, man. I really do. It sucks. Yeah. I wish I, I like the Browns too. I like them. Like I, I just don't think that they're going to be able to do anything this season. This season, you only get Deshaun Watson for six weeks. It's not enough. It's not. You're not. You're not. Brissett. Maybe if you trade for Jimmy G, but Brissett is bad. He's he's not yeah. a top thirty-two quarterback in the NFL. Every quarterback you play on your schedule is going to be better than him. You're going to have the worst quarterback in every single game. Maybe maybe Wentz is so bad that I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I actually – I, I have another – Tommy, I don't – you can throw out a team here. I, I had one little interesting question to pose to you guys. Yeah, throw, throw, say, throw it out. Um, to w- what percentage chance do the Minnesota Vikings have of winning the North? Winning the North? Yeah. I think like 30, 35. I think it's an interesting, I don't know. I feel like like the Packers in the same way of like talking about the Cowboys or whatever, like obviously I think the Packers are better than the Cowboys, but they're like worse this year, right? Than they were last year. Like just by virtue of losing the best receiver in the NFL. Yeah, but this is a team as well. Um, They've won 13 games, three seasons in a row. Yeah. How? What is the floor with the Packers? I think that's the real question. I have a hard time. I think the Vikings really have to. I think the Vikings are going to be good. I think the Vikings. I don't want to spoil our previews. I will be taking the Vikings to make the playoffs. I think they're a playoff team. I just have a hard time. Like the Packers are going to be able to run the ball, and their defense is elite. This is an elite defense, man. This defense is going to be really, really good. And I think you're going to go back to just Aaron Rodgers distributing the ball to. The old, the old dogs, and then you know Dubs and maybe Watson get involved as the season goes goes along. But this is a really darn good defense, and Aaron Rodgers is really freaking good. He's probably the best quarterback in the NFL. So 
I am just not going to stand like I will happily yeah. eat crow and be wrong if Minnesota and O'Connell are just like this insane explosive offense and just, you know, take the league by storm. In order to win the division, they need to win like 12 games, I think. Probably, yeah. And like need to beat the Packers yeah. both times. Yeah. I think that's such an awesome kickoff game. It is. Is that is that Sunday night as well? No, no, no. Sunday night is Cowboys. That's just Cowboys a regular. Box. That's just a regular game. Yep. Afternoon. You guys ran through the week one, one games. Yeah. Um, so you guys are, are hip to uh, hip to what's happening. We are a little, um, a little hip. Tommy, did you want to throw out a, a team to, to to rediscover? I I did, man, but I don't know if I can. I want to throw out the Lions. I want to go over the Lions schedule. I want to do a deep dive into the Lions, but I don't I don't want to step on your guys' process or anything like that because we'll have to save that. Yeah, we let, well, let's save it. I, I do want to go over the Lions' schedule. I wanna I want to see how many wins we give them. So maybe after you guys do the preview, we can we can put our heads together. I got um, a team. Yeah, Lee, you throw out a team. I'll think of another. I one. got a team. Let's talk about the Cardinals. Mm. This come is a come team, to the desert, baby. This is a team I like, man. I'm above market on the Cardinals, as I usually am. I feel like a lot of people are down on them. A lot of yes. people are down on them. And I'm just the, thinking to myself, yeah. like, if I believe in Kyler, then this yeah. team should make the playoffs in the NFC. Like, they absolutely should make the playoffs. Throw up the schedule, man. Let's throw up the schedule. Throw up the depth chart. Throw up the schedule. Get our lads going. I think... Um, I. I think people like here's the thing with the Cardinals. I think people have like the way their season ended like fresh in their memories. Yeah. Right. Like I feel I feel like that's what it is. Where like our the recency bias with the Cardinals is that they were like a bad team objectively since like week whatever like ten. Yeah. Um, you know, and they kind of coasted into the playoffs based on how dominant the I mean dominant they were in the beginning of the year. Um, yeah. So, and I guess, like, with what Tommy has said before, too, which, like, I, I'm not, I don't disagree with at all. Like, it seems to be, like, a, a trait of Cliff Kingsbury teams to kind of lose steam. Uh, I think it's a know. Kyler problem. I, well, I it also could be both, bring... too. Like, it's, it, I think it, you know, could be both. Um, I wanted to bring up, too, because I think um, I was just thinking of a working theory because I did want to bring up Kyler gets banged. Kyler's not going to stay healthy. I think it's very unlikely that Kyler stays healthy throughout the whole year. He always is dealing with some little knick-knack injury. It's a shoulder or something like that. And I think that's kind of, I mean, that's a working theory I just that just hit me of like, this team, I mean, last year, them playing the Titans. So that's like a pick em game or what, the Titans were three-point favorites maybe at home. They beat them, what, 50 to, to 20 or something like that. They beat them by 30 points in Tennessee. And this team... Starts out seven and zero, whatever it is, and as we all have like brought over, and then Clep, I think you bring up a great point, just of like how they finished, and especially the way they lost to the Rams in the playoffs too, where it was just listless, and you, I have you know the image of Kyler throwing that pick. Um, the schedule is very hard. Yeah, what, what's the what's the win total? Let's run through the schedule. It's nine the win and total half. on Arizona is nine. eight and a half. Okay. Eight and a half. What do we what do we think what do we think it takes to get the seven seed in the NFC? Nine and eight? Yes. I don't know. Maybe eight maybe eight. Maybe eight wins can get it, man. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I I think nine. I think you need to win nine games. Um Okay, Chiefs at Cardinals. So that's gonna that's another a lot of great week one games. Yeah. A lot of great week one games. Um 
Maybe we can cut it. Maybe we can cut it up into quarters here. I mean, Chiefs home to Chiefs at Raiders, home to Rams at Panthers. Two and two. I think two and two. They win one of the Chiefs Raiders Rams games and they beat the Panthers. Yep. Lee, that's the revenge game. That is the yeah. revenge game. That is the revenge. I'm gonna be. What, what I'm gonna was be... that? Was two years ago? Yeah. The... That was 2020. Yeah. What yeah. Was, was you bad put day. a hefty bet, right? On the I on put the yeah, I put a hefty bet on the Cardinals uh, minus two and a half, I believe it was in Carolina. I remember that. And one. I got I got uh, they got the crap kicked out. Yeah. It was like not even really close. Yeah. Was Cam Newton oh. the quarterback or no? That was the same no. week that uh, was the it? Cowboys played the Browns, and then the and then the Panthers beat them last year, too. Yeah, remember the Panthers? I don't think it was Cam. Cam. It was was it PJ Walker? No, it was Bridgewater. Bridgewater. It was Bridgewater yeah. two years ago, but then last yeah. year was the Cam I game. Bridgewater was on the Panthers, and the Cardinals were oh, eight, yeah, the Cardinals right. were eight and zero, yeah. and the Panthers, and that was Cam. The, I'm back. Yeah, yeah. That was the Cam. The Cardinals were like eight point favorites. In they game. were they were so huge like that. favorites. That was and in lost. and that was in Arizona. Yep. So th- this is a little revenge. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why they play the Panthers every year, but they do. That's um, the game that made me trade Eno Benjamin in a third round pick to Hutton for for, for Cam. What am I? Let's say two and two. Okay. Ugh. So now you get Eagles, Seahawks, Saints, Vikings, and you get the Eagles and the Saints in Arizona. Oof. I mean, I like them to beat the Seahawks. Obviously, I, I say you got to call it two and two. Okay, so let's say they're four and four. Then you get Seahawks the Seahawks again. in Arizona at Rams, Niners in Arizona, and then Chargers in Arizona. I think you have to go three and one here. I think no. you have to. No. No, I'm not, I'm not saying they will, but I'm Why saying like you, oh, with, oh, okay, with yeah, 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 with yeah, three yeah. home games and three division games. Assuming, well, you have to beat the you have to beat the Seahawks at home. Yeah. Should we just go two and two again? I Is think this just two another? And two again, yeah. I think potential for one and three. Yeah. A Patriots. lot depends. A lot depends on Trey Lance for like a yeah. lot of these games. Like, yeah. Um, I, we can say two and two, so they're six and six. Patriots, Broncos, Buccaneers, Falcons. They have their whole schedule is just quadrants of. Three and one, one and three. Yeah, pretty much. You know, like I, I like that to be two and two again. I don't like the. I, I, I mean, I won't. So I if they're like eight the and eight, that much this year. It's at. This is so fitting. This is so fitting. Yeah. yeah. Them being eight and eight and playing the 49ers for potentially a playoff spot in San Francisco. And that that's why I don't want to bet this team's over. I'd rather just see on a week to week basis kind of where they're at. Because I think this is a team that can surprise you and beat, you know, beat the Rams and then lose to the Seahawks. Or, yeah. you know, beat – so I just don't know. Um, but I just think, man, like, like, I guess, like this team you, is getting overlooked. Like, if you like Kyler that much, theoretically you have like the quarterback advantage in what, 75% of the games? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like you, you like him over Derek Carr, you like him over Baker, you like him over Hertz, you like him over Locke, you like yep. him over Jameis, you like him over Kirk. Yep. You you know you like. Him I over probably Lance like him over point. Lance this year. You like yeah. him over Mac. Yep. You, you might even like him over Herbert. I don't know. I would. Say I think a, that's kind of a wash. That's a for wash. Me. Yeah. I'm still like Herbert has so, been better so far, but I still you I, like I, him I put over them Ritter in and Mariota. What about so Stafford? I think that's another wash. 
I like Stafford better. I think but. Stafford, Herbert, and Kyler, age aside, are in the same quadrant of quarterback. I think they're all elite. Yeah. Um, so it's like you would need you you kind of need him to win the games where he's the better quarterback. You do, I guess, yeah. and then like hope that he maybe splits the ones where he's. And it's like they had some problems this off season, and they yeah. went out and got Marquise Brown. And you got to remember, you get Hopkins back after week six. Can you get the yeah. depth chart real quick? So I want to look at this defense, man, because we talked about it. They don't have any pass rush. They don't have any pass rush. The defense is is pretty bad, man. And then the secondary is entirely reliant on Byron Murphy, Buda Baker, and you know Marco Wilson, and Chuck Wash. Chuck Wash being a, a pillar in the in the locker room. Well, the secondary is actually pretty good, to be honest. Not really. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> I think Byron Murphy's really good. I think Buda Baker's really good. Jalen Thompson played well last year. Marco Wilson was actually play, had a really good year last year. He's fine. They don't have depth in the cornerback room, but like the, the secondary is pretty good. A lot of overs with the car. I think they're just going to be in shootouts. Like they're all their games are going to be shootouts, pretty much. I have a hard time seeing this. I don't. I I'm going to disagree with you on the secondary. I like two of the players there, and I think the rest are like replacement level players. Maybe Marco Wilson isn't, but then you have JJ Watt, who hasn't been able to stay healthy as your best pass rusher, and he's going to be playing in the interior, pretty much. I mean, you've got you kind of need Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins to show up. Yeah, but I mean, like, is Isaiah Simmons going to be rushing like? You've got Dennis Gardick, who's a good player, and Marcus Golden. Like that's your pass rush right there. And JJ Watt hasn't been healthy. This is just like shootout, shootout, shootout. Like all of these games, man, and especially the offenses. Cardinals defense has overperformed, I think, consistently as long as uh, Vance Joseph's been the defensive coordinator. And there's there's turnover there. There's there's continuity there, and I like that. I'm not saying this defense is going to be great. I don't think it's going to be a sieve. I think it's going to be an average defense, and I think the offense is well above average. So. I think the offense is great, man. Like, to me, this this is a year where Rondale Moore needs – they need to utilize him better and he needs to step up. Your four deep is when uh, Hopkins is back. is yeah. A.J. Green, Hopkins, Marquise Brown, and Rondale Moore. Like, that's pretty good. Zach Ertz and Trey McBride too. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm not going to deny, like, the skill position – if Rondale Moore is the player that Lee and I liken him to be, then this is one of the better skill possession groups in the NFL, I think with Kyler Murray like it's dangerous don't get me wrong the handicap for me just comes in with the defense man like I think you, that, lo- you just lost Chandler Jones man like that's huge that was a huge part of your defense this guy had what you know he's gone for 17 sacks in a year like it's just that's a huge loss man and they didn't do anything to try to replace it and well I mean they drafted uh Cam Thomas and Majai Sanders yeah so if, if one of those guys can pop rotationally that would be good I mean Marcus Golden is is decent, you know. I'm not, I don't think they got a pass rush. That's the biggest sieve on their defense. But you need Simmons and Zayvon Collins to play like where they were picked, which they haven't done. And I think the secondary is above average. Um, yeah. Not deep either. Not saying that a lot of secondaries are, but I think that Week One game against the Chiefs is going to be very telling when everyone's healthy. What's the line for that right now? The Chiefs are three in Arizona. Hmm. It's an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard for me to like bet against the Chiefs in that spot, but the Cardinals always start off hot. And yeah, I don't think I'll be playing that game, but yeah, I don't think I will either. I'll probably be throwing the Cardinals money line in a parlay. <laughs> like it. All right, yeah. let me. Uh, I want to stay in the division, man. I want to talk about the Niners. 
I want to talk about the Niners because um, I don't know. I'm 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 liking this team, man. I'm like I mean, breaking news. Breaking I'm news out of, out of Los Angeles, California. Tommy's liking the Niners. <laughs> I'm liking this team, man. I, I um, It comes down to Trey Lance, doesn't it? It does. It does, but I think there's a floor there, man. And I kind of thought there was last year, too. Like I, I think what he's able to do with the rushing game and like how if Trey as a passer isn't as efficient and it's a lot more ups and downs, which I'm – it probably undoubtedly will be like he's going to, there's going to be some huge big playability, which was severely lacking with Jimmy G, but there's also going to be a higher chance of turnovers and more variance in that way where it wasn't as likely with Jimmy G, but I'm okay with that. But also it just comes down to like what he is as a runner and the strength of this offense with Kyle Shanahan is the run game and just like what they're going to be able to do against opposing defenses I think is going to be incredibly tough to defend. And we just talked about the Cardinals. This team is just like really a lot better in my opinion in terms of the coaching staff and then the defense especially. Like this defense really got going about halfway through the year with D'Amico Ryans. You talk about continuity, Lee, like continuity here. I mean, who did they lose really? um, I guess you lost, what's the corner who went to um, Kansas City? Um I'm spacing on his name, but that corner went to Kansas City. Well, they lost. Am I am I living in the past, or who's the one who went to Pittsburgh? They lost. Uh, I liked him. Oh, Witherspoon. Yeah, Keller Witherspoon. Yeah. yeah, they lost Keller Witherspoon, and who went to Kansas City, man? Maybe. Oh, man, they got Tariq Castro Fields. That's my boy. I don't know what <laughs> round they drafted him in, but he's he's a sixth round. And and Drake J- Jackson, man, like all the potential in the world. I mean, dude, this you talk about pass rush. If Javon Kinlaw can put it together, man, this is a scary unit. Nick Bosa is an elite pass rusher. The linebackers are great. They have the best linebacking core possibly in the NFL. Shout out to Aziz Alshair, man. I mean, that's a that's a BJP deep cut right there. Yeah. It's a BJ, BJP gem. Um, yeah, man, I think this team, the sky is the limit with this team. I would, I hate doing this because I kind of agree with you. I like the 49ers a lot, but it's just like for you to say that there's a floor with Trey, like, I think the floor with Trey Lance as a 22 or 21-year-old with yeah. his first year starting in the NFL is lower than you think. And I think if you have accurate, if you have erratic accuracy issues and you're pigeonholing the offense to pretty much you're not able to stretch the field that a Jimmy G was because – They didn't stretch the field with Jimmy G though. That's the thing. He, like- Jimmy G was – was, you have to give him credit, which has been an issue for the past three years with his consistency. There's a reason why – it's not like you have to be a pretty good quarterback to go to a Super Bowl and to an NFC Championship. I understand that the coaching aided him a lot, but it's not easy. No, it's I not agree. easy to do. I agree. And as a passer, Jimmy G is fairly polished. And the complaints about Trey Lance, Trey Lance is the erratic accuracy issues and him not being as polished as a passer and more of a raw athlete and more of just like a raw thrower of the football, mechanics, all that kind of stuff. Um, if you can hammer that stuff down, the sky's the limit. But I, I think that you could run into some potential issues with a guy who's starting his first year in the NFL. And the reports out of camp haven't been bad, but they haven't been great. It's just like one day he looks great. The next day there's problems. You know, you're not hearing too much about it. I think they're trying to keep that under wraps. I obviously, I think we all agree that Trey Lance presents a much higher ceiling than Jimmy Garoppolo does as a, as a quarterback. But I don't think that it's all going to click immediately. I think that they're, it's going to take some time. 
And to expect that this is all just going to hit the, you're going to hit the ground running year one because the defense is great. You obviously have an offensive mastermind, great offensive line, great pieces with Debo, Ayuk. The running backs are not a problem. It is, I agree. I agree with what you're but saying. But there's going to be some kinks along the way. I think. I no. I this well, isn't going I, to be North Dakota State. I know. You know? I, I said that. I think. I guess the the question is, is this team worse than they were last year? Like, uh, like if you were great, like how you guys are ranking this team? I think um, it depends on how many times Trey Lance turns the ball over. How many interceptions did Jimmy throw last year? I, I'm actually curious. I don't know because this offense, this team doesn't work if you're throwing picks and. I'm just speaking on. I like Trevor Lawrence a lot. I know we I didn't we didn't like Zach Wilson, Tommy. These guys threw a lot of picks last year. These rookies, in their first year starting. If Trey Lance is throwing 14 interceptions, 15 interceptions, how many did Jimmy have last year? That's a, that's a problem. I think it's a problem. I also think that like Shanahan is smart enough and the team is smart enough where like he threw 12 last year. Yeah, I, I mean, it's also you can go to the flip side of the coin. It's like Jimmy Garoppolo. There was a what was what was Jimmy G's completion percentage? Well, it's sixty-eight point three. Yeah. So yeah, like, I think it's, it's I think it's, it's probably more about that. Like, if he, yeah. if Trey Lance is completing like fifty-three percent of his passes, yeah. Um, well, it's an opportunity costing. If he's if he's completing fifty, if he's you know ten percent worse completion percentage, but the, but the yards but, per attempt is bigger or whatever, right? Yeah, like um, so much of the offense last year was just like getting the ball to Debo and like, which is awesome, and they should be able to do that too. But like they. Can't, they couldn't stretch the ball down the field in the same way that they're going to be able to with Trey. And, like, that is the other flip side of the coin. It's like, how more explosive is that offense and what does that do? I think it's interesting. I'm just willing to what's bet. Their, like, what's their first four games? Bears, Seahawks, Broncos, Rams. So you get two t- games you absolutely should win and will be favored in by a touchdown or more. And then you get the Broncos on by, the road. I don't think they'll be favored by – what's the line for Chicago? Seven. Seven. Really in Chicago? Yeah. I said I told Tommy. I said I'm gonna, I might I might want to take that seven with the Bears. I love. Yeah, the I I know I hate the Bears, but go, that's not an easy game. Why do you love the Niners in that spot? It's Trey Lance's first start because I don't it's think in the, Chicago. Well, yeah, because I don't think the Bears are good. I think their beat defense is bad. I think the offense is like yeah, but it's I feel just like in, week one, like their health, like it's week the, one, it's the NFL, like I know, but it's the same as the Lions. I took the Niners last year with seven points, seven, seven point favorites in, in, the, in the cathedral, in the you cathedral. Almost lost yeah, that. And you almost I did lost almost lose. I, I did almost <laughs> lose it. They almost blew a, a twenty point lead or a twenty eight point lead in the fourth quarter, or whatever it was. Yeah, I. I don't know, man. Like I, we talked about it in our, in our week. I one like the Niners talk. to win that game. We can, you know, the line aside. I like the. Niners I absolutely like them to win the game. So, um, I absolutely like them to win the game, yeah. but I don't think, yeah, like them to beat the Seahawks. But it's just like you asked with the Cardinals clap. It's just like, how many games are you going to have the better quarterback in? Yeah. How many games did they have the better quarterback in last year? Like I, that, I, I don't think that matters as much when you have the coaching staff and the team. This team, yeah, we all, like, even if I'm lower on Jimmy G than you guys, like, Jimmy G still made it to a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship, and he's, like, going to get cut, and he, they drafted a, a, quarter, a, a rookie quarterback for a reason. They traded insane amount of draft capital to, to take Trey Lance. Well, that comes with some nuance. It's not like he no, sucks and he's going to get I'm not, cut. He's, I'm, he's not, a, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying they did it for a reason, and it never was about, oh, the Niners, like, how <laughs> it never was about, like, in their whole playoff run, they didn't have the best quarterback. When they played Dallas, Green Bay, and the Rams, they didn't have the best quarterback, and they won two of those games. They maybe should have won the game against the Rams. So that's never been the story. I think you guys bring up the, the point is Trey Lance's floor. 
That's really what it is, and that's when I ask the question: How much worse is this team than it is last year? Because if they're if the if the floor is significantly lower and Trey Lance is a turnover machine, then the team is probably worse, and the defense is in more compromising positions. And the defense is great in the front seven and has really good coaching, but I don't the secondary. Think it's, I don't even think it's about like the the turnovers as much as it is about like how can can he operate efficient, like yeah. the offense consistently like. A lot of their passing game too is like an extension of the run game. Like, can he consistently hit the the short area routes? Um, you know, that get five, six yards. You know, can he hit the receiver in a place where the receiver is able to get the yards after the catch, like Jimmy was able to? Um, you know, it's it's more than just the, the turnovers. It's, it's it's is he able to? Yeah, move the chains. Move the chains. Yeah, consistently, or is yeah. it more? You know. And then to, to the same what's, extent, what's Trey Lance going to be like on third down? I'm pretty to sure the same extent, to the down. same extent, Tommy. Like obviously, you know, I think obviously Lee and I, I both think Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. I think you hold him in, in higher regard than we do. You know, does he make adjustments for Trey Lance? Like if Trey Lance is struggling to make those throws consistently and it's making him stall will. out. Like then you know they're gonna have to change some stuff up, and maybe they're going three and out more, but then maybe they're you know throwing, tr- drawing up some more home run plays and hitting them, right? So I, I, I guess I, ideally, right? You get, ideally you get to a point where Trey Lance is able to do everything that Jimmy G could within the structure of the offense, and then he provides the ability to extend plays, you know, make you right or make the you know make the play look good when you were wrong as as a play caller. Everything that kind of made them lose that game against the Rams is is a wash with with mm-hmm. what you hope Trey Lance is, but it's just like where I feel like the development process for him is going to be much more like using the stuff that he's able to do well just naturally as an athlete and then growing him within the system, right? Like I, that's that's kind of I feel like it's going to have to be a little backwards. Yeah. I mean, I love Trey Lance. I hope everything works out for him because I think that he has the potential to be an elite quarterback. I just think maybe I'm just a little gun shy after like, and I know that it's night and day situationally. And, but just like Trevor Lawrence got eaten alive last year. And when the bullets are flying in the NFL, it's just tremendously difficult to play quarterback. And I think to assume that Trey Lance is just going to come in and like, there's like things aren't going to go wrong. And there, there's not going to be issues with... Well, to be fair, I don't think I'm saying that. It's more about, like, I think that very well could be true. You said, you said that the floor is higher, though. And I just I don't... Know, I'm I, don't I, do, I, I guess what I'll say is I think the floor is lower than it is with Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think that it is, it is overcome by how much potential there is with the ceiling, per se. Yeah, I mean, it just goes back to what I was saying last year. It's... it's I think like the fl- I do think the floor is lower. I'm not saying the floor is higher with Trey Lance. It's my thing is the question is of the floor. Like how close is the floor of the team this year to to it was last year? I think like, the floor could be pretty low. I I don't I, yeah. I like mean if he's, if I he, think like there's there's a chance he is just not a good quarterback this year. And then you're going into all these games in your division where other than the Seahawks like you're probably not favored against the Rams or the Cardinals no matter if it's home or away. Um like I would expect if Trey you're going, Lance, if you're going, you're. I'm. I'm just saying, like from the standpoint of like if he's struggling, like if he's playing like he did last year in those games that he started, like obviously it wasn't all bad, but it wasn't all good either. 
Yeah. Um, and so... It's about the infrastructure for me, though. Like, if Trey Lance is struggling, I'm very confident that Kyle Shanahan, they're going to lean more on the run game, and they're going to make, they're going to try and win games ugly, and they have the defense to do that. And I think they have the offensive personnel to do that, too, because sure. they did that with Jimmy G. I mean, the year that they uh, played the Chiefs, that, that was their whole, that whole season was built on their run game and, and playing insanely good defense. So... I think there's a balance there that they can reach. It, it, my, it's just the I have the utmost confidence that Trey Lance, this structure around him, like Lee talked about with Trevor Lawrence, you can talk about Zach Wilson too last year and Justin Fields. Like it's night and day in terms of what, like how they, how Trey Lance, I believe, is going to be able to get bailed out by the scheme and the team. So we move on. I think um, we, yeah, we can move yeah. on. It's fascinating. That week three game is going to be awesome in Denver. I mean, should we go through the schedule or not? It's okay. I'm ready to move on. Yeah, we can move Niners. on. Uh, I had, I had another fun more. little little thought experiment as we reached the the 60 minute mark. Um, I was going to see like what if we could rank the division winners from 2021 in order of how confident we are that they'll repeat as division winners mm. in 20 in 2022. Um. Okay. Well, Tampa would be one probably, right? Really. I think, I I'd think say, Buffalo would be one. I'd, for me. I'd say Buffalo. Yeah. I think Buffalo would be one for me. Okay. I yeah. think the Saints are better than the three other teams in the AFC East. Um. Yeah. I guess. I guess I would agree with that. I guess. I would, would put Buffalo and Green Bay. I think before yeah, Tampa. I. I would I put agree. Tampa before Green Bay. I would okay. put Tampa before Green Bay, and I like the Saints a lot. It's. I it's, just think that. It's 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 two three though. Like I I'm I'm willing to like grant you that, but I th- I think you have a hard time not putting the Packers at three. So we yeah, can I say we, we can say top three are Buffalo, Green Bay, Tampa. Tier gap. Fair, yeah. fair, fairly confident those three teams repeat. I'm, I'm Lee. I would say like are are you? I guess here's the thought experiment. Like, do you think it's more likely that the Vikings win the division or the Saints? The Vikings. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's more likely the Vikings win the division. I think the Vikings. So, what are the Saints and Vikings win totals? Do you think those are both like the NFC playoff teams? Just wild Vikings, cards. I agree. I think they both are. Not to get into our too too far ahead of ourselves, but the Saints are eight and a half, one plus one hundred five to the over, and the Vikings are nine and a half. Hmm. Yeah, Vikings are against. Or nine minus one thirty to the over nine and a half, even to the over. Um, I think that yeah, I don't know. I just think that the Vikings have a better yep. quarterback, and uh, I think that I, I just really like Kevin O'Connell. Um, and I honestly, I think that Tampa is better than Green Bay at this point. I think they're more like I understand Green Bay is a model of consistency, but just like. I kind of have a little bit of an issue with trotting out Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, and Alan Lazard and expecting, like, yeah. just because you have Aaron Rodgers, everything. Like, those guys are not legitimate It's a receivers. It's a it's a bottom five receiver room. Yeah. So you're going to need one of those rookies to step up most likely because I don't think this offense is going to be – yeah. Naming number four, it's, it's kind of like a clump for me. It's really hard. I would go – I think you have to. I'd, I'd go have, LA, but yeah, I think the Colts are going to win the division. I think the Colts are so. Uh, Tennessee is out of the question for me. 
Yeah, it's really hard, man. I think it would probably be L.A. for me. It would probably be L.A. And quite honestly, next for me would probably be Dallas. I agree, too. Yeah. And that's and it's funny because I think that the Eagles will win the division, but like considering that the competition with the I don't expect the Giants or the Commanders to compete for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the that's another I mean in the NFC West I could see the Cardinals or the 49ers winning the division. Yeah, I, I could too. I can't see I don't I don't see two I don't see the Giants or the Commanders winning well, the NFC East. And I think that's interesting because I was going to throw. But out the I Bengals. like I like the forty I like the Rams a little bit better than both the Cowboys and Eagles. So. Well, and that's the thing, because, like, in the AFC North, I like the Ravens to win the division, but, like, I think the Bengals, like, I'm more confident. Like, the Bengals, man, I don't know. The Bengals very well could win that division, too. I I really think it's a two-horse race, which could be, like, a little ignorant, but. Yeah, I would probably go Rams, then Cowboys, then Bengals, then Chiefs, then Titans. Yeah, Um, I think I'd agree. I think I'd do another tier gap. I think it's another tier of... Cowboys, Rams, Bengals, whatever order, and then the other two is the next year. And then what about um, teams that, if you had to pick, like, the top three teams that didn't make the playoffs last year who have the best chance to make it this year? Saints and Vikings are right there. Colts would be number one for me. Ravens would be number one. Wait, the Saints made the playoffs, didn't they? No. Yeah, no. No, they didn't. Philly. I, w- I would say Ravens. Yeah. Ravens Colts. would be one for me. Oh, yeah, the Colts didn't make it. Yeah. I would say Ravens, Colts, and then Saints or Vikings. Yeah, I agree. I would, I would go Ravens, Vikings, and Saints. Broncos, too, man. Broncos? Oh, my yeah. gosh, yeah. Well, I yeah. would say Broncos. Broncos and the Chargers, too, did not make it for... Whatever that's worth. Ravens, Colts, Broncos, Vikings, Saints. The NFC is more competitive than I kind of thought, to be honest. Like, well, well, there's yeah. gonna be there's gonna be a difficult decision that that you're like. I, I know you guys probably. I mean, I don't know. I like Arizona, so it's gonna be hard for me to figure out because I don't know if we're gonna get. Three teams from the NFC West. Well, yeah, well, I was going to say, I think I was talking to Lee about this. Like, I don't want to spoil our previews, but I'm way more confident in my top seven in the AFC to make the playoffs, like the seven teams to make the playoffs, than in the NFC. I think there's a clear top seven to me, where it's like, I'm pretty confident, all things considered, these seven teams are going to make the playoffs. I think, like, the NFC East, the NFC North, NFC South. I, I kind of like, though, the thing is, like, I like the NFC East division winner to make it and not whoever comes in second. Yeah. So that kind of makes it easier for me. Yeah, but I do, I will say, I do think that there are, there's going to be an odd man out for me. There is. It's going to be tough. There's going to be an odd man out and I really need to do some I think it's it's going to come down to that uh, week 17 or week 18 Cardinals. It's going to be a Cardinals 49ers most likely. (laughs) Like it's going to probably be be that. I'm going to have to make that decision. We're going to have to timestamp that and bring it back in December. Because, yeah, that's just, I mean, yeah, that's going to be tough. Because I think the 49ers, I, I just, yeah. What, all right, la, what about this last one? Everyone's most likely team to go worst to first in the division. Hmm. Um, Broncos. 
Yeah. Probably Broncos, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who else? Because I feel like we all... I'll throw out the Jags. Jags. I like that pick. Throw the Jags out there. I think the public answer would be Jags and Lions. Those, those are the two. <laughs> There's a 0% chance the Lions win the NFC North. Eric I Eager. Yeah, Eager Eric, Dr. Eric Eager disagrees with you. Yeah, I think Eric Eager is a pompous... <laughs> You know, I'm gonna throw out the I'm gonna throw out the Giants, baby. I'm gonna throw out the Giants. Oh, Tommy! I'm throwing out the Giants, man. Bad division, offensive upside. I would say Broncos. I think the Jags is a decent. Yeah, I would go Broncos, Jags, Giants. That would be my top three. I would say Steelers over Giants. The Steelers coming last last year? I believe so. Jeez, right? Yeah. Did they? No, the Browns. No, the Browns. Did. Oh shoot, the Steelers made yeah. the playoffs. Yeah, they what made the playoffs. About? <laughs> I was like, what? Um, he's, not, he's got Z's pelt right there. Yeah, I did. I got Z exactly. Yeah, I guess I would say the Giants. I would agree with Tommy. The Giants probably would be the third for me. No Jets, Tommy. <laughs> is 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 Willie playing Week One? No, there's no way he's playing Week One. So Flacco. The reports out of the camp is that Flacco is singing it around the field. <laughs> might keep him on the bench, man. Who knows? They might keep Wilson on the bench. I don't know. We'll see. That that wrap it up? Yeah, I think that wraps it up. Anything, uh, any last remarks, boys? Maybe you guys get in the lab, do that Lions preview so we can do a scheduled deep dive. Maybe we'll have you on at the end of the preview to do the schedule. Yeah, deep dive. we can do that. We always Whoa. do the scheduled deep dive. We can, have, we can have Tommy on. Whoa, that's big. This is like, this is like you get in the 6 p.m. slot. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going from the 9 p.m. slot to the 6 p.m. slot. Uh, you Is 6 p.m. That is the slot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six is the slot. Yep. All right, boys. Cool. Let's call it a. You. Uh, you stay safe.